Welcome, everyone, to the Wednesday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and I'm trying to think about where we should start today's podcast because we got equally great stories to get to. Now, good news, bad news, just kind of an update on what's going on. I guess we'll start with the new home sales report out from the Census Bureau. That was good news. It actually showed that new home sales beat the expectations and were up 1% in July. Yeah, 1% beat expectations month over month. Like I said, sales were up 1% to 708,000. Year over year though, of course, sales were down significantly, 27.2%. Now forecast had sales coming in at around 700,000. So not a huge beat, but a beat. Nonetheless, now one of the things that was up big was home prices. The median price jumped back up to a new high after falling in June, a 5.4% month over month jump to $390,500. And the average sales price was up 3.8% to $446,000. Now, obviously, year over year, the numbers a little bigger. The median sales price up 18.4% and the average sales price up 17.6% compared to July of 2020. And the good news continues as new home inventory up 3.3% and a whopping 72.2% when compared to the same time a year ago. Yeah, not surprisingly, there were not a lot of homes for sale a year ago. You had record low rates. Everyone out there is buying a home. And so inventory levels are actually at the highest that we've seen it in at least over a year. So all in all, a pretty good report. But speaking of inventory, I do want to talk about this positive data that we continue to see month after month, report after report about inventory levels going back up. And so most would assume that that's been one of the biggest factors that has been stifling the housing boom has been lack of inventory. And so all this inventory, oh, this is gonna be great. We're gonna see more home sales, more reports showing housing going up. But is that necessarily the case? That's the big question. Inventory is going up. Does that mean buyers will also go up? So Sam Rowe over at Axios reported yesterday morning, as I just said, the number of homes available for sale is rising. Rowe points to the data that we've seen in some recent reports. For example, total housing inventory in July stood at 1.32 million units, a 7.3% jump from the previous month. And in fact, we have now seen six straight months of increases Inventory is now 28% higher from the historic low that we saw in February. So like I said, the conventional wisdom is up here. All these houses are now going to be available and there will be people willing to buy them. Maybe Justin LaHart over at the Wall Street Journal says that despite this recent growth in inventory, there could be another problem that is keeping home sales depressed for the near future. 
So inventory levels are starting to rise, and the conventional wisdom, like I said, is that some believe it's because builders have begun putting more homes on the block. However, not everyone is convinced. Justin Lahart, as I said over at the Journal, thinks that home prices could be playing a bigger role than some realize. He wrote yesterday in the Wall Street Journal, quote, rising new home prices brought on in part by higher labor and material costs have put new homes out of reach for many would-be buyers. This isn't something that public home builders themselves have been saying, but that doesn't mean that it can't be partially true. Or I should say he said partly true, not partially true. And so what he's saying is, is they probably both are playing a part. And so just because we're seeing inventory levels rise again, doesn't necessarily mean all these buyers are going to be rolling back to buy. In fact, inventory's value seems to be directly correlated to the impact that it has on prices. I think the real question or debate is what prices will have to do to get buyers off the sidelines. Will cooling be enough? So just the fact that prices aren't rising by 20% year over year, will that be enough? Let's say they're only rising 10%. Or will they actually need to see those numbers fall to entice would-be buyers back into the market looking for a home? I don't know. I mean, but here's the here's the issue that could also complicate things. We know the rental markets are just starting to just completely blow up. I saw a piece over on CNBC about some of these housing markets uh, or rental markets, I should say, they're up 25% year over year. I mean, just insanity. And so a lot of people may be locking in and they're sitting there going, well, I just locked in for a, I'm renting this place for a year or two or however long it is, then I'll start looking again. I mean, prices would really have to be attractive to get someone to break out of a rental contract because usually there's penalties and it can be kind of pricey. And so prices slowing may not be enough. There may need to be some actual falling of prices to get these people out of the rental markets and looking at buying again. And then you have the complicating factor of rates going up. And so then how much do prices need to fall? And so, yeah, I definitely think that there's more to it than just, oh, well, builders are now putting more houses out there. And yeah, we are seeing more people list. They're being enticed by these higher prices, but those same higher prices are pricing people out of the market. And so how do we deal with affordability? Well, I'm glad you asked. There was a great piece in Bloomberg by Connor Sen, who I'm a big fan of. Uh, He wrote that great piece looking at lumber, as a commodity to look at with regards to predicting the future of inflation. I thought it was a great piece and it's somewhat come true. Well, we'll see if it comes true. I'll let you know. If not, I'll let you know as well. Whether it does or doesn't, I will definitely let you know. And I think I read that piece and I was like, man, this is smart. And I've been kind of a fan of his ever since. Well, he had a piece over at Bloomberg because that's where he writes. And he was talking about the homestead exemption And he asked whether or not that could be the key to helping buyers at the entry level move back to the front of the line when it comes to buying. So as we all know, one of the ways the government is trying to help uh, first-time home buyers, entry-level home buyers, uh, to get their first home or to be able to buy a home, even if you're not a first-time home buyer, just the fact that you're at the entry level, what can they do to help you out? And a lot of time, it's about creating access to borrowing money, which that's a very 
key component. There's no doubt. Most people at that level do not have the cash to go buy a home. And that is actually one of the problems. Because as Rick Palacios at Johns Burns Real Estate Consulting explained on Twitter, saying he talked to a realtor in Atlanta who said, quote, very difficult market for first-time buyers in the 200 to 275 range. Sometimes you have 50 offers and investors are winning. Forget using any assistance program for first-time buyers. Sellers won't even consider the offer. So this is a big problem. So the market where we're seeing the smallest inventory is actually the same market that is the most attractive to investors because it's less money up front. So they can go and pay, they'd rather pay $200,000 for a house than pay $800,000 for a house for obvious reasons. And so what's happening is, is you have a lot of investors at that kind of entry level price. And when someone comes in with a cash offer, versus someone who's not only you know a mortgage, but they're using a government program and that can increase the length of closing times. And there's a lot of factors that can scare away someone that's selling a home and they can say, listen, I'm gonna go with the cash offer, even if it's a little less money, because I think that's gonna be easier to close. And so now we have a problem. So yeah, great, we've given people access to money, but they're losing out on offers because they're not cash. Well, here's the thing. The government's not just gonna start giving people cash to go buy these homes. So what can we do? Well, Connor Sen argues that maybe the homestead exemption could be the solution. He writes, quote, local governments could increase the amount that's covered by the homestead exemption. That would make owning these homes as investment properties less attractive while giving would-be buyers less competition for the limited number of affordable units that come for sale. And I think that there's an interesting component. I mean, obviously, you always want to be wary of the government getting involved and saying, hey, we're going to help out. Because it was funny. I saw a tweet yesterday where someone was talking about in California how I think it was called Prop 13, in which basically when you moved into a home, whatever your property tax was, it'll stay at that level no matter what happens with regards to the property tax as long as you own that house. And they gave an example of the home that Steve Jobs started Apple in. And the home is now valued at $3 million and the annual property tax is 2,700. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. That is 100% true. And they said, that's the dumbest thing ever because it encourages people not to move. And so what's happening is we have a housing shortage in California. And all in you've essentially as housing prices continue to go up, it gives people even more incentive not to leave their home because if they leave their house, not only are they going to have to be paying a lot to buy a home, their property tax is going to be insane. So they're like, no, we're just going to stay in the house. Well, that's not good for housing inventory, not at all. And so you want to be kind of wary of encouraging people to stay in a house longer than they normally would in a normal marketplace. So you do want to be careful of that. But there is an argument here to be made that encouraging, say, people that are buying a home to, to be the ones in the home because there's a value in that. Yeah, there's, that's, it's interesting. It's an interesting concept. I'm not saying it's correct. I'm just saying it's interesting. And I will also point out there was also a piece I saw over at Time Magazine by Sergio Lopez, uh, who's a councilman, and I can't remember where it is, somewhere in California. It's the least affordable district in the entire country. And he was like, listen, here's how you get out of this problem. 
build. You build more. And so the, the, the easiest solution to all of this is building more, dealing with zoning laws, making it easier to build, multifamily, all of that. But there are other things that could be involved. And this is an interesting idea. I thought it was interesting. And like I said, I'm a fan of Connor Sen. I've liked a couple of his other pieces. So I thought, hmm, maybe, maybe there's something to this. We'll see. All right, we got to go. You guys enjoy your Wednesday. I'll see you back here Thursday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait. 